This is a production from The Companion. Sci-fi served fresh. Welcome to The Companion's podcast. I'm Lawrence Cow. Today, we have a special episode featuring the star of Stargate SG-1, Richard Dean Anderson, and the co-creator of the series, Brad Wright. The hour-long interview took place last summer as part of a wider Stargate celebration for the 25th anniversary of the show's premiere. It kicked off with a watch party of Children of the Gods on the YouTube channel, Wormhole Extremists, and celebrations from GateWorld, StargateProject.de, Stargate Now, Stargate Now Europe, and the We Want Stargate movement. We also brought in fan video messages, including one from the Stargate podcast, Three Fry Short. If you're not familiar, one of the hosts, Rebecca, has since joined us as a producer at The Companion. So I have her on right now to help describe what she was feeling at the time to see her deliver the message to Brad and Rick. Hey, Rebecca. Hi. Um, yeah, that was a really interesting day. So, um, yes, I am a producer at The Companion now, but uh, at the time, on that day, I was working as a full-time EMT, and I was actually on a shift in the ambulance, had just cleared from the hospital, and knew the event was going on, um, and really wanted to try to catch a little bit of it. So I tuned in. I didn't even know that the video that I had sent in was going to be on any sort of <laughs> any sort of event. Um, but I tuned in and it happened to be the exact moment that you were introducing the Three Fresh Short video <laughs> to Brad and Rick. I've told this story to people before. It's just so wild um, for all of that to happen the way it did on that day, the timing to just tune in at that exact moment was it was just wild and uh i like to say that that's the magic of stargate i think everyone watching this video uh you'll recognize that moment and brad and and rick loved all three of you on it and i think that's why i mean this event was so much fun it's not just because we all got to live one of those surreal moments you know celebrating with two incredible television icons but it's because we dug also like deep into the archives to find rare behind the scenes photos. And we're able to hear stories that, you know, we just don't get shared anywhere else. Uh, we also managed to plan a surprise where Brad and a very special guest were able to give Rick a personal gift. Oh, and there's an additional bonus interview on the making of Stargate SG-1's pilot episode. So make sure you listen to the end of this podcast. Hey, welcome to Stargate Legacy, celebrating the 25th anniversary of Stargate SG-1's debut. There's a lot of fun activities going on today from the wider community, and we've linked a few in the description uh, of this video if you want to join in. Uh, if you're new to The Companion or have always been curious about what we're about, I encourage you to sign up to our free newsletters. The Week in Geek is a roundup of all the awesome news, stories, artwork, posters, collectibles. It's a really high bar for something to get into The Week in Geek, so there will never be any random clickbait or fake news. And if you crave deep analysis and perspectives, you might want to sign up to the Full Read newsletter, where each week we'll give you a free, in-depth, 20-minute feature article right into your inbox. Uh, there'll be oral histories, behind-the-scenes interviews, and original writing from pros like Brad Wright. 
who created the amazing show we're celebrating today. So let's just do that. Let's bring in the man who helped make all of this happen, Brad Wright, and the star of stars, Richard Dean Anderson. Hey, Lawrence, star. how you doing? <laughs> star of stars? Yeah, star there's of stars, stars yeah. and then there's you, you at the top. It's a Christmas yeah. star. Yeah. <laughs> Brad's a naturally sunburned. Me, I get embarrassed, so. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what it's we're here true. for. Yeah, to celebrate you and embarrass you a little bit because you've really changed so many, so many lives. I think in the comments and everyone has been talking about it um, all day. Let's not launch this conversation on that subject, okay? Deepers. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> no, it, it's the 25th anniversary. It's just fun. It's just fun. 25. Jeez. That's for the series, right? That's for that's for the premiere of SG One, which was twenty five years ago today. I mean, we it's for us it's like longer because you know we shot it for a lot longer than a lot long before it aired. So yeah, no, it's longer sure. for us. Doesn't for look like movie, it sometimes for us movie people. <laughs> yes, I've been at this. I've been, we started writing it twenty six years ago. Much must be now. very tired. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Old joke. Mm-hmm. I think well, I wrote it for you. Um, yeah, just we're going to tell hopefully some good stories, but if it's hard to come up with some, what we've done is we found some old photos and behind the scenes images. Uh, we collated some fan stories as well, uh, just as kind of thought starters uh, for you both and and hopefully let you know and show you how much the entire community cares. So, uh, yeah, why don't we kind of show the first photo? It's of a young Brad. Um, and oh my God. I don't, know, I don't know if Rick, you can. Oh, yeah. If you remember Brad at, at that kind of age, that young Brad age. Oh, Jesus. Well, well <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a young Brad. Um, how it was old? hard to tell. Oh yeah, how I was. Uh, this is season one. I was thirty. Oh, I can tell from the computer. I was thirty-six, thirty-five or thirty-six. Yeah, yeah. look at that computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're beautiful, bud. <laughs> you haven't changed a bit. Well, I still have hair. That's you know that's a plus. Yeah. Yeah. We also uh, have another photo as well. It's with, uh, I guess, Rick and, and maybe the, the questions, um, you know, as a man of action, maybe you could describe, oh, wow. I don't know if you ever did, like, what's it like either doing the stunts or watching some of the stuntmen, I guess, be you and, and doing stunts. I don't know if you have any stories there or Brad, if you remember. I remember uh, this one. Times. Yeah. This, is, is this one me? had a lot of wire work. We actually, there's a, my favorite, one of my favorite shots in the show is, is the very end with the spinning. We turned the, the puddle into the spinning vortex because of the gravity that, because it was, we actually accidentally dialed the black hole. And so that is, uh, uh, O'Neill and, uh, who's the other Carter. guy? No, nope. like Car- no, it's a guy. Uh, was it F- Fr- Colonel Frank? Uh, yeah, it's Colonel something. Yeah, I'm gonna forget it. <laughs> and, and they were uh they didn't like each other. They were they were at odds over a previous off they worked on together and, and uh he sacrifices himself in the last scene. 
spoiler alert. Uh, but it, yeah, that was a fun. That was a fun. Uh, that was a fun shoot. I think that might it. be I, that blurry person. Might be might be you, Rick, right there. And that's aren't those yeah. stunt people or what? Are they stunt people? Oh, I don't know. I can't tell. I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean they're I, so tiny. You did it too. Uh, you did some artwork. I remember. I remember. Well, I like you said. Yeah. It was quite athletic, actually, because the shot of having to reach back up, you would have. Uh, yeah, that would have been quite a lot of core work. <laughs> it, was, it was good. It was good. No, it's not me. <laughs> it was a ways ago. It was a ways ago. Fun times. We've got another one too. Yeah, uh, season two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have another fun photo. I don't know if uh, you guys have ever seen it, but I've never seen anything like this. Obviously, you know, y- you imagine these pyramid Haytech uh, spaceships being, you know, so huge, and obviously the special effects are groundbreaking, you know, for its time. And you know, as an actor, I'm sure you're seeing these tiny you know wheeled out pyramids on a on a on a wheelie bin in the parking lot and and we see it on screen um just you know massive i never knew that those were that size i thought they were all just generated but uh no i know what this one was for uh rob cooper this might be from the 200th episode rob cooper wanted to blow up a pyramid like just massive explosion and Ray uh, did it, and we built a, this giant thing, <laughs> filled it full of explosives, and blew the shit out of it. To do an explosion, you, you, back in the day at least, you needed uh, you needed significantly. You, you couldn't just do it all CG. You had to have a real explosion and comp it all right. together. So, and and Rob wanted a big explosion. We spent a fortune on that shot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because these days it would just be like visual effects right and cgi wouldn't it was a combination yeah back in the day was mainly a combination i'm more impressed with the sky that's that that's a vancouver sky if i ever saw one (laughs) beauty yeah rain and uh we've got another photo as well um it's of you rick walking down uh, the vancouver sulfur pits uh i can only imagine the smell. I don't know if you remember it all, and I hope actually you don't remember what this didn't smell what, like. Actually, I don't remember it being stinky like sulfur can be. Mm. It, it it wasn't uh, it wasn't smelling. It did rot okay. everybody's shoes, but um, <laughs> okay. Uh, and you could light you know your that? later. Sorry, you could light your feet. Yeah. Yeah. So Brad, you you would go down to these locations as well, um, or like in the beginning, would you do that, or uh, how that? Early on, well, of course. Uh, early on, um, what we were doing was trying to come up with something that wasn't running around in trees. That because that's what we had, right? We couldn't we couldn't build much, and if we wanted to be outside, you know, it was either trees. Or something like this, and there was a, and I, you know, nobody would let us do this now. <laughs> what? Good reason, probably. But it looked great. I mean, the 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 perfect blue sky 
in, in contrast to the, it's sort of a Ukrainian flag now that I think of it, but uh, uh, the, the, I mean, it was just, it was just terrific. And then Richard Hudolin, our production designer, put, um, put crystals in it and the crystals drove the story. And then uh, Rick got to play two different O'Neills, Alien O'Neill and him. Is that Lazarus? Yeah, called Lazarus. I don't, I don't understand why Jeff, Jeff King, who wrote the episode, I don't know why he named it that. Made no, he just went, okay. <laughs> but, uh, cool, Lazarus, all right, sounds okay. Um, there's another funny story about that episode, and that is, uh, and this is a true story, uh, at the end of that episode, it is, it really is, at the end, um, there's a great scene with Harley Jane Kozak as, as uh, O'Neill's wife. And they have a moment together. And, and it, we shot it in a hospital. And they have this moment together. And, and it's a really kind of a touching scene where he's basically saying goodbye to her because he needs to move on because of that. We were trying to shed the backstory from the feature where O'Neill had accidentally left a gun in, in a place where his son could find it, use it, and kill himself. Which, by the way, made him a pretty shitty soldier. So um, we wanted to kind of move beyond that so that Rick could be untethered by, you know, the previous character. And so we wrote this lovely, or Jeff and I wrote this lovely um, goodbye scene between the two of them. And, and in editing, we put this, we wanted a moment to last a little bit longer as they're staring at each other. And, and we made it last as long as we could editorially. And then we put in the sound of a helicopter coming. So they're looking at each other, they're looking at each other, and then they hear, and then O'Neill says, I gotta go. And she says, I know. Beautiful moment, touching moment. This is the note, I won't say who I got from either the network or the studio, I don't remember which. Uh, Brad, can we see them getting into the helicopter? And I said, sure, oh, right, we had a helicopter there. We just didn't, we just didn't shoot it. We should, we just cut the helicopter out. And he went, well, I heard a helicopter. And I said, yes, you heard it. It was a sound effect. <laughs> real note, real note. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, that's my memory of that episode. That's the thing that, that stuck that network note. Who was that? that well, I'll play you later. No, Hank? no, it wasn't Hank. It was not Hank. <laughs> not John. No, no, no. John just went, good episode, Bradley. That's what he, that's, that's all John would say. Is he still with us? I think so. I, I, I haven't spoken to him in, oh God, five or six years, maybe longer. But yeah, he's doing okay. He's retired, I think. Yeah. We're talking about John Symes, um, who I... The man who brought us together. Right. And who I kind of almost... Uh, owe my career to. Yeah, Executive. because he was at Paramount before uh, before MGM. Yeah, good guy. He was- hey, I I owe my career. That's for sure. He was he was very very good to me. I don't fans. We don't want to start talking about old executives that we had affairs with, or really oh, there was uh, no affairs. No, no. Ed, my well, you know, in the majority. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What does pejorative mean? Not good. 
Pejorative, really? Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. look that up, Lynn. <laughs> it means not good. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is also a, a famous location, um, Jack's Cabin, not in Minnesota, but in Vancouver. I don't know if there's any fond memories here or... Uh, did you ever go out to here, Brad? Yeah, yeah. We actually shot an episode of Travelers there recently. Well, a few years ago. It's it's it, the footprint of that place is not very big. Like, I mean, it looks like it's out in the wilderness. It is not. <laughs> if you pan a little this way, it's isn't there a road right there? There's a road right there. Yeah. Are there any? It's, uh, it's a, it looks good though. It was a comfortable day of shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of fish. Okay. Apparently it's quite a famous location. There's there's been quite a few films and shows kind of all shot like at this this location. I don't know if it's like a popular It's very spot. tiny inside. Hmm. It's very convenient to get there and Yeah. Especially from Burnaby. Nice. And then we also have a photo. Uh, I think we talked oh, yeah. about this last time, but you know, it's, I'm, I'm sure there's a really special moment uh, being honored by the Air Force. And um, yeah, that's you. That's a uh, jumper, <laughs> Rick. Yeah, General Jumper. Yeah, that's yes. him. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was actually quite um, moving for me because my. Uh, ongoing relationship with the military in general, no individuals or specifics, but in as, as a concept, I, well, let's put it this way. I, I wasn't trying real hard to get into the Vietnam war. Um, and it kind of started there, but these guys just opened up their, well, in this case, uh, general jumper, uh, took me aside and chatted me up and uh, gave me all kinds of kudos because I had asked him directly at one point, um, you know, please forgive me if, uh, if it is so, but um, do you have other um, colonels in the, uh, in the air force who are like Jack O'Neill? And he stopped me in mid sentence and said, yes. And worse. <laughs> I, I didn't know how you could get worse. He said, yeah, the, ed, the, the edge on the attitude would probably have to be altered a little bit, but uh, no, you're doing a great job, son. When you Back save on. the world as many times as Jack O'Neill did, I think you get a little latitude, you know, yeah. <laughs> a little latitude, world saving latitude. Just check uh, another one. If the world only knew, but that was really a great event. Uh, I forget uh, there was also someone retiring uh, during the ceremony, not because the ceremony wasn't just for me. It was uh, kind of accumulation. And there was somebody of great, great um, honorability that was being um, honored as well. Is that Tom Giannazzo in the background? Are one of no. our no, I don't think so. It, it seemed well, I don't know, it could have been, I'd be unaware of it, but it was all military. That I mean, it was a 
big auditorium and stuff. Well, he was there. our he was our Air Force liaison, so he was military. But I don't I don't, can't. Oh quite. It's, well, it's possible. It's he certainly positioned himself properly. <laughs> Find the camera. <laughs> yeah. Good job. So this was um like a big um like Air Force event, not not like specifically for Stargate or anything. This was a uh, uh like you you sort of joined um as part of this kind of Air Force event or celebration, right, Rick? Well, yeah, I would. Yeah. I I can't imagine that they would uh, have thrown the whole thing for me but i quite honestly think it was uh um it was for hang on i wish i could remember his name but he was uh uh in a wheelchair and you know it was he'd been around quite a while so they were honoring him oh let's put it this way i went first so that meant you know the big gun came out later so but they Lodged. were honoring you, and I think that was great. I thought that was great Always. that they were honoring. Yeah, yeah. And he was the only the he was the first general who did a cameo in Stargate. The the and who was the second guy? Jeez, so bad. Uh, but he said one of the first things he said once he took over the job was of uh, general of the Air Force. Apparently, allegedly, was when do I get to do my Stargate cameo? <laughs> and, and we said they told they said that to us and we said whenever he wants to so they did yeah but Wait up great. well you know Same. all those guys and i've met a few i've met a few generals and i met an admiral you, uh, you never got to meet the admiral because i was he and i were on the plane to go to the arctic but didn't make it because of the wind shear we couldn't land and he was the admiral in charge of, uh, of the operation on, on the ice that allowed you to be in the Arctic and see the sub come through the ice and continue. But anyway, he was a really cool guy, too. They're all, they're all I mean, when you get to a high level in, that, in, in any organization, but especially the military, the, the, the social skills are just like through the roof. You know, they're used, very good with people. Yeah. We got some um, fan photos that, um, or like fan stories actually, that um, kind of show the legacy of Stargate. I don't know if you have heard or seen any of these stories before. Um, so this one is from uh, Quentin and Brazat. They're two members of a fan group called Les Enfants de MacGyver, which is, I guess, literally directly for, for Rick here, the children of MacGyver. Um, and they came up with this idea to create a 100% accurate and fully functioning Stargate. Um, I don't know if you've, you've heard the story or, or I don't know if I have. Yeah. Seen that. Yeah. Um, fully so, functioning as the prop, not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. A working Going Stargate. Let's right. be clear. Yeah. Oh, I bought it. <laughs> I bought into it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we can go back to the last uh, photo, Tom, but, um, uh, the last one was kind of showing Reese when the project first started, he was only 13 years old. Um, and the project uh, eventually took eight years to complete. And so he was one of the 100 people um, in total on the team, eight different countries, four different languages. They had to um, communicate through texting and email and images rather because they couldn't speak to each other necessarily. Uh, and so eventually Reese joined the team and, um, 
uh, and for his like college uh, thesis project at the Royal Cent- um, Central School of Speech and Drama, he he actually used this as one of his kind of thesis final projects. Um, yeah, so I mean that's how long and dedicated these fans were. Um, yeah, so the next image, yeah, that's him here. Yeah, Reese, um, and so the three of them to kind of give you a scale, um, and I guess it's actually as how how big the Stargate Atlantis. Um, you know, gate was. Gate. Um, yeah, that's the Atlantis gate. That yeah. that that first photo was a really good photograph. As a photograph. Thanks. Yeah, we went down and and captured them when they were. Uh, this was actually three years ago, I think, when we we captured some of these uh, for these guys. And so, so yeah, this is like. You know, the, I have to say, the SG one gate was more complicated. The yeah. the Atlantis yeah. gate. Uh, turned just digitally it didn't there was not a physical wheel that moved not like our our uh heaters our sg1 gate that was yeah. a pretty cool prop yeah really yeah cool. <laughs> um yeah this is the the kind of excitement and passion um you know that stargate i guess brings out to the fans you know I, i'm sure they didn't think it was going to take eight years um but you know, keeping a hundred people motivated, I guess, for nearly a decade with just passion, there was you know there wasn't anything else. Is it's it's uh, I mean the the thing about this show is is that the gate itself is such a powerful icon, and and that's why we changed it for each iteration of the show to brand the gate to the show. But even even changing from the movie because the, the there was no the, it didn't light up. Uh, in the movie, we had ours light up because we knew it was probably going to be on a 20 inch or less television set in standard definition. We wanted it to pop on the screen. Um, and that's, that's how long ago 25 years is. Jeez. You know, I mean, standard def. At least we had the sense to transfer transition into color. <laughs> the black yeah. and white toads were just Uh, yeah although the noir they were good for the noir episodes they really worked (laughs) well for those (laughs) sorry (laughs) got me got me sorry buddy (laughs) no good cat i love it (laughs) no we um i remember when they when we saw the stargate the original sg1 stargate as they were building it because what did I know? Let's. We were like, yeah, build a circuit, and and it was this massive undertaking, and you know, all the you know, the original one, and and uh, setting it up and 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 making it work. And I remember seeing it work for the first time, and I think we were both there, Rick. It was like, holy shit, because it was huge. It was a big. I mean, it was the same scale as in the feature. We wanted it to be that, but Jonathan and I went. Because we thought, well, maybe there, maybe the existing Stargate exists, and and we found out. I was in LA. Um, I, I don't know if it was around casting, but anyway, I was in LA working with John on 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 the uh, pilot episode, I think. And we drove out to to where the Stargate was being stored. I think it was like in Death Valley. At least it felt like Death Valley because it was over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. And we walked out, and 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 there was just this piece of arc steel. 
I mean, that was all that was left. Everything that was attached to it, everything that made it a Stargate was worn away by the weather. And I remember stepping into it and looking up and seeing a giant spider coming down toward me on a web. I thought, oh, I should put that in an episode. We never did. But yeah, the movie one uh, uh, died in the desert. It really did. It did. But uh, the dimensions were the same? I think so, yeah. In fact, we had the blueprints, and then that really helped us build it. Um, we they, they locked every chevron as it went around. And what we did is we just locked the top one so because it was really expensive to make that thing go chung, chung. Uh, so we just did the top and made the dialing that much longer. But sometimes that was a good, you know, 20 seconds of screen time that we could use with Gary saying Chevron one encoded and then it would spin again. And Chevron two encoded. And every time you type that in a script, you'd be like, oh, yeah, there's another 30 seconds. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> if you had it padded out, we yeah. often added more Chevrons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why every generation, like, eventually you get to universe and there's just, you know, eventually you're going to get to like 10 or 12 chevrons. You could just keep going. <laughs> in my uh, in my pilot script that I I uh, I, uh, I wrote that will probably never see the light of day uh, a couple of years ago when MGM asked me to write a pilot script the um, for a new show, uh, I had an entirely new human built Stargate and it just went spun up like crazy and then went just dum, 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 and, <laughs> and open because I thought it's about time we sped up the process after 25 years don't you think so uh, yeah maybe they'll do that anyway it's cool it's really cool at least in the script yeah what what made you go digital in Atlantis versus uh, the kind of more manual I, I think it was uh, <laughs> what are you doing there am I moving around yeah, I'm just looking at your no, hand. You're, yeah, you're, you're just uh, like you're kind of finger. Um, <laughs> no, uh, the uh, I thought you were changing the channel. That's really all I thought you were. No. There's something else on. Brad's talking too much. No, I was trying to adjust my eye line so I could look at you and still see oh. me. Ah, uh, good. What the hell was I saying, Laura? Uh, I was asking in Atlantis uh, why why right. went digital from the mechanical. Right, uh, <laughs> it was just uh, digital. We, everything was going digital, uh, so we went digital too, and um, we wanted it to look different. And I and, and that was by no means my idea. I think the only idea I had is I wanted the Chevron color to be different, and not not the, the SG one Chevron color. But it's beautiful, and the SGU um, one is is I think beautiful too, and and uh. And that was James Robbins who designed that. That was a gorgeous thing. When you when you think about that, then you're you're not giving like a really solid brief. You're giving it to the art department. You're giving it to an art director to come up with something, or do you have actually? Well, the way the process works is is you know they you, you write the script. That's your job, and then you have a meeting in an art department, and they show you shit, and they go, "What do you think of this?" And I go, and I this, back in the day, I go, "This is really good," and the, and there was a big enough thing. I'd go down to the set of the trailer and, and run into Michael Greenberg and Rick, who were sitting at the, at you know, at, you know, Video Village, and I'd show them a piece of paper and I'd say, "What do you think of this?" And they'd go, "Either cool or, I don't know, let's let's <laughs> do something else." And uh, but generally speaking, our art departments uh, were astoundingly good from from the get go. 
I mean, Richie Tudolan, Richie McGuire, James Robbins, they just were terrific and worked so hard. I mean, I used to think I was coming in early sometimes and there would, there, half the art department would already be there. And, you know, the sun isn't even up yet and they're, they're there, you know, it's astounding. That's how hard people work in this business. Yeah. Rick, did you ever give Brad any notes at all? <laughs> I whined a couple of times, but okay. not seriously. No, I had you sense enough know. to stay out of the way, pretty much. Um, was kind of part of my job. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the whole thing was collaborative, but um, the mainstay was right on your screen there. Your screen there. There. Okay. He's, uh, well, it was, and I can't take all the credit either. And not in a million years, Rob Cooper, uh, was, uh, amazing. And, uh, and Jonathan got the ball rolling and we had, we, you know, we had a great team. Paul and Joe, Paul, uh, Paul Molly, Joe Malazzi. Joe is, is the- probably leading the tweet storm right now for trying to get Stargate back on the, uh, on the, uh, on the air in some capacity. Wait, yeah, this Rick. Stargate or, any another one, another one. It, yeah. This one is already on the air somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, it's it's uh, always playing somewhere, and which is a wonderful thing. There's nothing better than flipping through channels and, oh, there's Stargate. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's invariably an episode I can't stand and I have to turn it. <laughs> Star, Stargate oh, for me that is one. like... <laughs> what did it have to be that one? <laughs> Stargate for me is like um there's a type of movie or a show where I call it like come on for the ride type show. And like it doesn't really matter where it's at. Back to the future is very similar. Like you can go halfway through a Stargate episode, you actually stumble onto it and you go, okay, like I'll watch this for like five minutes, and it just takes you on the ride. And then before you know it, it's the end of the episode. So you could be at the beginning, you'd be in the middle, you could be three quarters of the way through, but it, it's that kind of show for me, you know, where it's just on and then and then you forget yeah. what you were watching before or doing before. Sometimes sometimes it's on and I'll go, holy shit, we did that? We submerged the, the set in a pool? Made actors dive in the pool? Actually, that's the kind of thing that Rick went, hell yeah, I'll do that. I'd love to do that. Loved. You did. Awesome. And then, uh, then there's the ones that you go, there we are running through the trees again. <laughs> oh, only to myself. <laughs> um, the whole experience, of course, in retrospect, was spectacular. It was a turning point in my life. I mean, uh, objectively speaking, it uh, MacGyver was launched me into an awareness of the whole business, the whole shebang. Uh, but this um, this series really kind of the collaboration of it, for one thing, they allowed me to um, be kind of involved in the development part of it, but not so much, really. Um, I, I just knew a good thing when I saw it and relaxed into it as much as I could. And again, tried to stay out of the way. These guys knew what they were doing. Good Lord. Did you, when you first heard about the, you know, the script and the concept and everything, Rick, did you think it would actually like become what it became? I mean, you know, eventually 17 seasons of, you know, 
this this ongoing long massive universe of a story no you can't afford to think that way just gonna have to do it unless you can sign a and this thing it and so what to showtime was it right showtime for two seasons out of the gate is that correct that's right yeah so we knew that it at least had you know two seasons worth of uh to get the momentum going and it took i you know i don't know how that part of it works but uh you know some um, some executives thought it was a good idea, and Brad and Jonathan had um, had the energy and the wherewithal and the, the imagination to take it forward. So, we yeah, just but typed I, a lot. I remember typing. Had, yeah, because I remember Brad. I just, I think, I just re- do remember thinking, well, if they want um, Kurt Russell in this role, they're not going to get it. Um, and I've been quoted as saying in the past that my hair just wouldn't do that. <laughs> That's true. You said that on the phone to me. I remember that very, yeah. very clearly. Just and then very... I and and then and then I said, jokingly, I said, and this is where that started. I said, and and I don't even know it was because we misspelled the original net one. And I said, you're not that Jack O'Neill. Your your Jack O'Neill is spelled with two L's. You're a different guy. And we laughed, and that was that. But it, it it became a runner in the show. I mean, he did the two L's joke more than once, holding up three fingers, yep. of course, because it's Rick. And, uh, and you know, it was this runner. But there was a time, and we've discussed this, uh, when, when Kurt came to set. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, and he was lovely and said, oh, this is, this is a, you know, this is a really cool show. And, and walked into our giant and said, this is, this is as good as ours. This is amazing. And was lovely to Rick, and I wanted to ask him to 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 be in the show and have him stepping out of the elevator saying hi, Jack, and and Rick going in saying hi, Jack. But no, that was never going to happen. Mainly because uh, uh, the movie he was doing was Graceland, and he looked like Elvis. Yes, and I, I was yeah. just going to say <laughs> it's perfect. All <laughs> lost opportunities. <laughs> it would have been fun. It would have been a lot of fun. Um, would have no. helped his career too. <laughs> I think he's doing okay. I love him as Santa, by the way. I mean, he's like the best Santa. If you haven't seen it, Rick, it's it, uh, it's a great Christmas movie. He he and uh, especially in the in the second one, uh, Goldie Hawn plays who was his his partner plays Mrs. Santa, Mrs. Claus, and they are hilarious together as Santa. I mean, he's really fun. They got married. He can't. I know they're. Uh, are they married now? I don't know. I think they uh, they went through the ceremony. Yeah. Oh, cool. We don't talk, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, over lockdown, a lot of people either discovered Stargate for the first time or rediscovered it um, since their childhood. Um, and I know a lot of people connected over that. Um, and so we have a short video that a group of people. Um, a group of ladies came together. They found each other on TikTok uh, through Stargate and, uh, and bonded over. So they made a short video uh, that I want to show you as well. Hello, I'm Sarah. I'm from Pennsylvania and I am the O'Neill of the group. Hi, I am Christina from California and I 
aspire to be the Daniel of the group. Hi, I'm Rebecca. I am from South Carolina and I am the Sam Carter of the group. And, and we're, we're three fries short. Three fries short. <laughs> so we host the Stargate. Yeah. So we host the Stargate podcast brought to you courtesy of our love for the show. And we met on TikTok and the fandom was alive and well. Stargate was something that I always grew up with. I watched it with my dad and I've always come back to it, rewatched it throughout my youth and adulthood. And when COVID hit, I was like, it came back and it came back stronger than ever because <laughs> now there's a whole community of people that I can talk about a show that's turning 25 years old and we can still find something new and exciting about it every time we talk about an episode. I joined um, TikTok just to get through COVID, but ended up finding my family and my authentic self through Stargate. I'm super happy um, to have found these ladies and be in a podcast for them. Yeah. I, th if the question is what impact has Stargate had on me? Um, it's right here. It's that I have a, a whole family now. Not to mention our notorious tattoos that exist oh, all gosh. over the place. We're like a gang. We're a gang. <laughs> We're a gang. I think that's the power of fandom. It's it's a television show that's put out there and people can connect and bond and and have discourse. And maybe you don't always agree, but you can connect with other people who are across the country. And I've never met in real life yet. And the world. Thank you for that, Stargate. And yeah, I think we can all say happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. OK, bye. 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 <laughs> Oh that's my great. god. That's lovely. That is lovely. That's wonderful. And nice personalities, keepers. Yeah. Hire them. I I have to listen to that podcast now. Yeah, they're really yeah. they're really great. Um oh they would love you on their podcast. Well I'll I'll we'll chat afterwards. I'll I'll fire you a note, Brad. Okay. Wink. Yeah, hook me up. Wink me. That's great. I know. Um, I love it. Yeah, they're really great. And uh, yeah, really, they're watching right now. I'm sure I, I hopefully they're very excited and and, you know, <laughs> in, in the pocket, they're very supportive of us as well and, and help us out all the time. They're really, really great gals. Really cool. Perfect. Wonderful girl. Um, oh, gender thing. Is that girls is OK? It I is OK. I've checked with them. Um, okay. <laughs> so announced. Yeah, yeah, I have. <laughs> they're, they're absolutely lovely, but I want to be linked in to that too. Yeah. The oh yeah. yeah, they would love it. Yeah. Um, here's another thing about let's say uh, Stargate and culture and society and and affecting these. It's kind of a fun thing, but um, I don't know if Rick, you've ever had uh, in your contract like if they ever put out merchandise like say action figures. We found some like action figures of you. Did you ever get any of these or have you ever seen these action figures? I think one we have is like Black Ops O'Neill. We've got another one um, uh, is like, uh, I guess you in like a desert. Oh, it's not this one. It's uh, one. Oh, sorry. Yeah. There you go. One here. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know that. $150. Yeah. That's what it would oh. cost right now on eBay if you want to go and bid. For no. yourself. <laughs> I don't think that's the original sale price. Oh yeah, no, no. no. This is <laughs> the collector price. Yes. Good lord. 
increased five times in value, 10 times in value, I guess. Since They should really do action figures of writers typing, I think. I think that would be really cool. You know, the Joe, the Joe Malutz. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe not. They would sell for, you know, less. <laughs> yeah. Um, Problem. And then, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, uh, there's uh, the kind of, uh, Tom, I kind of messed you up because I think I went out of order, um, but there's board games as well. And so the previous photo, um, um, if you are able to go back, um, they, I guess MGM uh, and a company called Wyvern Gaming, they started doing this role-playing game. It was very successful uh, with a crowdfunding campaign and people can be a Stargate command, Stargate team, you know, inspired by you, you know, and the rest of the cast and, you know, they go out on their own adventures. And, and with this kind of role-playing game, you, you assume uh, um, you're, you become a member of Stargate Command, basically. And so... I and you get to walk this... in a nice dress through the Stargate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that... They are unprepared. Um, so... <laughs> Form-fitting. Nice. No, but they, you know, and then there's the guy who's doing what Rick always used to do with the pile of, like, draw in it. And we would just go, okay, that just cost, that just cost $4,000. Oh, well, I think, it's a good I think I was doing mine, you know? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> of course you were. Uh, That's funny. Uh, and then, um, and then after. No the, shoes after on that guy either. It's like just big. He doesn't no, need I shoes. Guess that, I guess I those feet are Alien robust. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then if you, Tom, if you go, um, kind of, f uh, farther along two more, sorry, but I messed you up. Yeah. I haven't played a trading card game of yourself, Rick, but, um, <laughs> that's what this looks like. They were, they made trading cards as well. Um, really? And yeah. Yeah. I, 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 this goes way back. Yeah. I think this was produced around 2007 or 2008, I think from memory. Uh, we were still shooting. I remember. I remember getting a because there was also special cards that were signed by the actors, and you could you could get a special signed card. It was cool. Yeah, those those go for a lot now online yeah. as well with the action figure. Um, yeah, I wonder if it's my lawyers should be looking into this. <laughs> Rick, you, have you them got email piece, me and we'll uh, uh, we'll, we'll hook it up. It's just that the piece was so small you didn't notice it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'll talk to Bill. <laughs> How is he doing? Very well. Very oh, good. Well. Yeah. All's I always end up. Have, I, I I happen to talk to him over the years a few times in my efforts to get you to come back and play, uh, and. Uh, in other shows. I never heard about it. <laughs> well, that's because I asked you first and you said, sure. And that, but then I also had to talk to Bill. Oh, right. I forgot. Yeah, I, I couldn't just say it, you're working for the craft service because you would have said, Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Is it salmon? Perfect. Oh, the days. Oh, the days. Um, Rick ate you know, a piece of salmon. Uh, and, and maybe a little bit of rice every day. I don't know, almost every day. Wouldn't you say, Rick, for lunch? Um, because you you were keeping your spell action figure uh, warm. I don't know if I was paying that much attention later on. 
<laughs> okay. As evidenced by what you see today. No, you look good. You look really good. We're an old guy, maybe. Yeah, I didn't say that part. That was implied. I know. <laughs> it's good for the fans so they know how we think between yeah, each other. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Not that far behind you. New card. New card. <laughs> <laughs> you power up to four. Four now. <laughs> um, we have one last, I'm sure would be a collector's item, but is hidden away in, I believe, Brad's server room bunker. Oh, you son but... of a bitch. <laughs> Look at um, you. Oh, so, so handsome and okay here <laughs> here's what here's what here's what james said we did an episode this is from sgu we did an episode set in the pentagon and so we had to have artwork of people and rather than you, you can't it would be better to use pretend people but then you have to get the rights to use somebody's face so i remember walking down out of my he said brad can you step out here for a second and i did and i gave him that look apparently and he took my picture and walked away. And I went, what the hell was that about? Then, as I often did on, on the SGU, I, would, I walked the set before they started shooting. And I'm walking down the hall. I think, I, I can't remember who directed that episode, possibly Peter Dellings. And we, uh, I look at the end of the hall, and there's that picture of me. And that is an enormous picture, by the way. Like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's as tall as I am in real, in real life. And... I just went, no, no, it's <laughs> not going to work. And then there was supposed to be a damaged area. So we just put that picture in the damaged area where you couldn't really see it. It's a great shot. It's a great shot. It just felt very. <laughs> what? My shoulders have, are not that wide. It's, it's, a, it's just very self-aggrandizing. It might, it, to feature it in the show would have felt self-aggrandizing to me. So I no. Why it's not in your home is what I want to know. That is my home. It's just a that closet. Is? Yeah. Oh, that's where I, that's the server room in my house. Fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> that would go over really well with my wife. General Brad over the yeah. fireplace. I don't think so. No, it's really good. It's fun. I mean, that's how good James is, right? He just takes a photograph, whips it into a painting. He probably did seven of them that day. He's uh, a genuine uh, master of his craft. We would Great uh, love a copy of that. We can hang it in the office, Brad. So you can have the original if he wants. It's just FedEx to get to him is going to take months, apparently. <laughs> yes. <story. laughs> yes. So that's what we have. We've got one last photo um as part of this kind of special but it's for you rick and we were trying to time it so fedex would actually give it to you at the exact moment but unfortunately you can play the video first yeah so we'll play the video we'll play the video um instead this is where mom comes in this is where mom comes in hi rick Uh, i'm maura wright brad wright's mother of course um and i just want to say how much i enjoy the companion and seeing you and the rest of the cast of Stargate SG-1, a marvelous show. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I just, I, I did hear that you love dogs. And I do too. I'm, I'm, I painted so many wonderful dogs. And I, I did one for you too. Oh no. 
Right? Oh. a picture. God. Your beautiful dog. And uh, I, I hope you like it too. Oh, mama. That's gorgeous. Isn't it good? Oh, mom. Laura. <laughs> Lorna. Lorna. Lorna? Lorna. Oh, yeah. oh, wonderful. Look at her. Yeah, it's all about the eyes. We, we, we had this conversation, and she always captures the eyes. She's, um, she's really proud of this one. She, my mom is 91 next week. And you, boy, oh, I'm, I'm, what's, what's the word for it? Um, flabbergast? Um, <laughs> Happy is it gobsmacked? Gobsmack is good, yeah. Oh, that's, Lorna. <laughs> <laughs> I need her phone number. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you'll get it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's uh it's I I we was it was supposed to come yesterday to your house and and FedEx screwed up. So uh you'll get it tomorrow. It's supposed to come last week to your house, but in a way I'm glad because this is you would have opened it, and this is your genuine reaction. I think mom's gonna like. No kidding! It's so great, oh. Lorna. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I really yeah, do. she's uh, she's proud of it too. She did uh, Boo. Do you remember Boo? She did the painting of Boo for me. Yeah, that, that is lovely. And I showed you Tango. And when you remarked on on the job she did, Tango, mom mom says to me, and this is this is. You know, she's so shy about her work. She says, do you, do you think Rick would like it if I did a, a picture of his dog? And I said, I think he would love it. And you had just sent me a lovely photograph. And so I sent it to mom and said, I think you could do this. And she said, oh, I know I can. I'll get right on it. <laughs> and, and, you know, she would send me updates. And I kept saying, it's, it's beautiful, mom. And uh, she chose the frame. And uh, framed it, and and I picked it up last week, and uh, you should have it tomorrow. Oh, Bradley, it's just wonderful, absolutely. I think so. Hits me in my so. heart. Yeah, yeah, and I knew it would. My pop. Would. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, bye. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I, we, we, we don't have to go on and on about it, but I, I'm, I'm proud of my mom very much and, and think she's, uh, and I'm even more proud that she thought it would be a nice gift for you for our 25th anniversary. And, uh, and I guess it is. Just wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're both getting a little bit clumped yeah. here, Lawrence. Move we've, been, on. <laughs> uh, we've been, we've been dicing the onions, you know, and then, so it's, 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 it's that. Uh, but no, thank thank you both, and I hope you enjoyed. We enjoyed the conversation, and and Rick, I can't wait for you to get that painting. And um, there was a conversation that we we're going to play for the rest of the the fans. Uh, it's about ten minutes or so, where um, you and Amanda and Michael and Brad um, spoke about uh, a couple of months ago when we did the Stargate AI event. Uh, we talked about Children of the Gods and the kind of the early days in the casting process. So. We're going to wrap up with that. So if there's anything else either of you want to say um, in terms of goodbyes, um, let's do that now. And then we're, we're kind of kind of just roll. Well, that. Honestly, I just I just want to say to the fans watching this, uh, um, 
25 years is a long time, but it's, it's, if you told me 25 years ago that the show would still be uh, popular enough that it's, it's anniversary was celebrated at all. I would, I would be shocked. And, uh, and to be able to share that with my friend, Rick is, uh, it was fun. And, and uh, I'm just glad we're both here and happy to do this together. Uh, <laughs> That's all I need to say, buddy. <laughs> I, I'm still lost in a reverie here. Um, yeah, it's it's been a nice run. Um, and it, it, it's nice, like, 25 years later, I'm, I'm brought to tears by this man who I never would have met and therefore never met her his mother. Um, but that, I mean, that's what Stargate did for me. It brought me a friend like Brad. Um, and more his mother. It's beyond. <laughs> but uh, but thank you, every every man jack of you. Um, yeah, thanks. Let's do it again sometime. Let's. This marks the 25th anniversary of the pilot episode, Children of the Gods of Stargate SG-1. Um, Brad, Rick, Michael, Amanda, what do you remember? Uh, what was that table read like? Uh, <laughs> Mary was a party. Remember? Well, it was probably saner than, than subsequent read-throughs. It was um, fun. <laughs> I, I remember it. It was, it was pretty good. And Mario was, uh, was uh, you know... Very, very emotional and very enthusiastic. Yeah. Yeah. When did, when did you know that you wanted to adapt the film and, and make this into a series? Uh, when I walked out of the theater, uh, really? I, I realized, and I'm not kidding, uh, that this would be a better television show than it was a movie. And that when you have 29 symbols on something, uh, it's likely to create... Uh, the tens of thousands of permutations, which could be places you could go. And uh, it just, it just was so obviously uh, a storytelling engine. Uh, and I, I've said since, not since the Starship Enterprise, has there been a better one? Uh, it is a terrific storytelling engine. Yeah. And then we found out how expensive it was to go through the storytelling engine. <laughs> but that's another story uh rick and michael have you ever met kurt russell or james spader and discussed the playing a similar or same role i i met kurt he came was shooting something where he played elvis presley and he was on the lot uh in vancouver and came over and looked at the set and was nodding approvingly and it said something to the effect of um, uh, I really like what you guys are doing. Um, it was complimentary, put it that way. And um, um, I asked where Goldie was and um, <laughs> that was pretty much the end of the conversation. No. He was so no, he was nice. Very, it was really he, lovely. Yeah, very yeah. nice. And then he watched us do some takes. He stood in the control room while we shot a scene wow. and it was so distracting to have him standing off to the side so weird 
What about you, Michael? Uh, yeah, just, uh, we just met um, Kurt, but uh, I think, I, as far as I know, James Spader denies he was ever in the movie. Um, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so, but if, if I did approach him, he might uh, he might uh, <laughs> call security right away. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is uh, film evidence of his appearance in the movie. There is. Yeah, I know that's a thing. It's, a t- it's hard to deny, but I think he'd yeah. still try. Amanda, what do you remember about the the early days, even the casting process? The casting process, I remember really distinctly because that's when I first met these guys. But I remember sitting, first of all, the audition in Toronto, I remember leaving it and thinking it's going to go to an American. But I felt really good about the audition. I remember walking up Young Street in Toronto and it was sunny. And I was like, wow, that I feel really good about that. But eh, let it go. And it was one of the few auditions that I actually just like really let go because I didn't think I stood a chance. Um, and then there was, you wanted uh, our demo tapes and then it was down to eight and then it was down to three. And then we were flown to LA and we all met at MGM in this room, the three Sam Carters, three Daniel Jacksons, a couple of Tilks, a couple of General Hammonds. And we were all in there together. And Rick was inside with the MGM executives. Um, and then who, who came in after? Was it Showcase or Showtime that came in after MGM? There was one round of auditions that we all went up on stage individually with Rick. And then we were asked to, uh, if, if we read your name, you can leave. Ooh. But if we don't, you can stay, which was the worst. This and at that business. point, Michael and Chris and I had actually kind of migrated towards each other. It was super cool. And we just sort of kept going to, did you hear my name? Did I, I didn't hear your name. Did you? So we knew that we were, you know, at least in the running and Michael actually waited because we were the last two to go in on the final round. Michael went in and then I went in and Michael waited and we took a cab back to the hotel together and said, Hey, hopefully we see you on set, give each other a hug and good luck. Yeah. It was really cool. But what I also remember is Brad Wright changed the course of my history with that was after the first audition with Rick, where I was kind of joking around with him, Brad and Jonathan came out and Brad said to me, look, you're doing great. What you're doing with Rick in between the scenes is that kind of vibe that I, that I want, like have that kind of fun. And, um, you were just so sweet, Brad, you said you were a fan and you wanted to see me get the part and you were just so, it was like, Oh, wow. And we sort of stepped outside the end that that waiting room and we're sitting outside and yeah, it made all the difference because then I just went in and had more fun. With you were great. Night. You were great. I wanted it to be Sam Carter. Yeah, thanks. Well, yeah, but we I had more fun. Nice. And at the very end, they had Rick and I stand next to each other. And Rick, you put your arm around me and I put my arm around your waist. And I, I don't know what possessed me, but I went, so is this like the swimsuit part of the competition? <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. And then walked out going, oh, I just blew it. I just no, blew no, it. no. That's exactly that. You know, that was just you know. Yeah. You really that do was. remember it distinctly. I really do remember it distinctly, probably because I've been asked to tell the story a few times. But I really, it was like seminal moment. Wow. And I had to sign the contract in the bathroom at MGM because I hadn't signed what the contract yet. Yeah. A and contract. We, yeah, before we For could the audition, test option. I had to sign like the yeah, test, the option test option contract. Oh. Oh. And I hadn't signed it yet, so they wouldn't let me go in until I signed it. So it was in the bathroom at MGM that I signed the test deal contract <laughs> on the phone with my agent saying, they're making me sign it. I got to sign it. Yeah. Michael, what do you remember? 
Um, I, I remember um, uh, I had to do it twice. I had to screen test twice because um, 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 I was, when I was waiting for Amanda, uh, one of the assistants, uh, the casting assistants came running out and said, Michael, Michael, Michael. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, God, what? What? And and because I'm thinking, you know, uh, everything was going swimmingly. And I'm going, oh, God, no. What? What now? And they go, hey, are you available to come back tomorrow? And I'm like, um, yeah, sure. Great. Sounds good. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And they said, because there's a couple of people that couldn't make it for today that um, are coming in uh, tomorrow. So can you come back to do it again? And I'm like, uh, oh, to, to screen test all over again. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think I told you that what happened was uh, some of the uh, up higher ups on the studio side and at Showtime uh, thought you were you were very young. Yeah, you were very young. I remember saying this. Yes, I know he has to have become being a doctor and be able to speak 20 languages, but I promise you one thing, he he will age. <laughs> you did. And you did. So that's why you were perfect. <laughs> no, no, I they were worried about your youth and 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 the credibility of of your youth. And I didn't have a ton at that point, I didn't have a ton of experience either. I think I'd done like Yeah, they meant that on multiple. Things. Yeah, but you were great. You were also great. And, then, and they didn't uh, want me, right, Brad? Like they, there was there was a fight. There was fighting for both of you. Let's put it that way. Really? Yep. That's unimaginable. It's definitely unimaginable in retrospect. But yeah. but you know, it was not like a drag down. It was just a discussion. That's natural casting. It's, it's the nature of the beast. You know, nobody just immediately in casting goes, "Oh yeah, we all agree it's this person." Michael and Amanda, you went on to direct episodes. Uh, was that the first time that either of you had done that? And uh, was it uh, fun or daunting to to be, you know, uh, working over in effect uh, coworkers at the time? It was it was fun and daunting, and uh, I think I was I was the most daunted because I had to deal with with not just our cast, but I had to deal with the robot doubles of our cast and have. Richard Dean Anderson have to have a fight with himself. <laughs> I remember that face replacement. It was pretty early on in face replacement. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would have been a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I did was, the uh, end of season seven. It wasn't the last episode. It was the second last episode, but we shot it last. And so there was. I had to get everything. There was no second unit. There was no insert unit it was like you've got to get everything because when we wrap the season is wrapped and it was very daunting but it um it actually launched my directing career i was gonna say you've done a ton since was that was that your debut that was the first one that was the very first one and now like i don't know up to close to 70 episodes i think of television now but that was i did this i took a huge risk in that teaser i shot it in one shot and it involved like the guys getting out of a car and a steady cam operator on a crane that came down off the roof of a building and he got off the crane and walked to the car and then we all got out of the car and then he went back on the crane and we went into the building. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blew so. the budget first day. <laughs> Rick, it's been 25 years. What, um, how do you reflect on it? What do you think about the, the legacy of Stargate SG-1 and the, the, the universe is it's it's given birth to. Well, I, um, much to my discredit, I've sort of lost touch with much of what happened, but my recollections are all 
wonderful and, and very loving and, and playful. Um, these days, um, I, I find myself, when I do reflect uh, specifically, uh, missing that. Missing the the camaraderie and the the, the, the laughter and the you know just the um, the connection that we all had. Well, three of us had, but um, so I you know I find myself kind of at seventy two reflecting on those days of being younger, first of all, but also having um, having a great family um, to that I liked going to work to see but um other than that um nothing no yet it, it was <laughs> well, not- can i can i throw in then uh rick how much of a joy it was for me uh to watch uh and to listen to hear you uh doing uh o'neill again and, and jack both characters and uh and uh hearing your voice in character um it was fun. I, I was feeling a warm feeling the entire read through and very engaged. And, and uh, I'm grateful that we had the opportunity through the companion to, uh, to, to do this. It was just for me, yeah. really, really rewarding. Yeah. yeah. I'd do it again. This Well, <laughs> you're referring to a reboot of the Stargate SG one franchise. You'd do it again in a second. Is that what I just heard? Yeah. Okay, sweet. <laughs> That's legally Thanks binding. <laughs> We did laugh a lot. I think oh, every God. day. And, yeah. and we did this time too. So yeah. very grateful. Hi there. This is Chief Master Sergeant Walter Harriman, your favorite gatekeeper. Have you ever wondered what it takes to become a certified Stargate technician? Well, now you can find out because I'm gonna share my knowledge and experience with a select group of aspiring and enthusiastic gators. I wanna give you a chance to be a hero too. That's why I'm happy to announce that on March 11th, I'll be taking a small number of students for my class, Gate Tech 101. Tickets are on sale now at thecompanion.app slash events. You won't wanna miss this because it's not just a Stargate masterclass, It's a Stargate Chief Master Sergeant class. See you there. But for now, Chevron 7 is locked.